Welcome back to the Ain't Shit Show. I'm not sure if any of you guys know this, but uh, a, a small Mexican man approached me about three days ago and he told me, boy, do I have a podcast for you. So I gave it a listen to a guy uh, named Deep Fates who's really nice. And, uh, you know, he was talking to probably the leader of the, the, the podcast, a largely schizophrenic man. And uh, I thought to myself, I should buy that. And so I decided, uh, you know, here I am doing a podcast about my governorship in Minnesota. Uh, I don't know. Does anyone else have any thoughts on that? Well, it's interesting you say that because I was approached by a short, fat white boy who said it made a similar offer to me. Uh, he's not quite as schizophrenic, but... That's how I got here. But I'm also interested in talking about my governorship of Minnesota. Surprisingly, I was uh, down in Baja, California, as they call it, and uh, a man in a ski mask popped out of a bush with a gun while I was, uh, you know, hiring the local Mexican population to redo my uh, lush driveway, paying $27 an hour a working wage. You know, they never want to talk about it on MSNBC but uh, Jesse Ventura is solving the border crisis, and he told me uh, it might be in my best interest to hop on the Ain't Shit Show. And, uh, you know, I had told him I had already been informed by a, a, f- a fat, short Mexican man and a fat white boy. Uh, and he was very disgruntled that he made the trip down to Baja, but we got some fish tacos and settled our differences and... Uh, here I am, you know, in 1999, when I was the governor of Minnesota, when I came in, the corruption was, you know, floor to ceiling, uh, as they would say. You know, I, I had gotten a little disenfranchised with the two-party system, uh, you know, post uh, helping Arnold Schwarzenegger kill uh, the actual predator, not the one in the movies. Uh, and I decided to run as an independent and show myself to college students. Um my that reminds me, back in 2004, I decided that I wanted to remake Aliens vs. Predator, but I wanted to remove the aliens part because it was a little too offensive to illegal immigrants at the time. So what I decided to do was go with a better name, which was just The Predator. But then in my rewrite, I wrote about a friend of mine that knew a man who had an island down in the Keys of Florida. And I called the name of the movie was called The Predator. But, you know, in parentheses, what I did was I put Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, years later, people found out about him. But, in, you know, I've, I found out about him first in 2009 because I was actually at Kevin Spacey's house reupholstering all of his uh, lawn furniture. Uh, I'm not sure about if anyone understands that lawn furniture or not. But it reminds me of all the time that I spent in the Baja because you could really get a lot of bad sunburns and all kinds of sun damage out there. A lot of the cars, they need to be reupholstered. So I opened up my own Mexican-only reupholstery shop when if you went in there, you know, you're, you pretty much were capable of getting a good service free of charge, but only if you were Mexican. Well, you have to do those kinds of things in Baja because no white man can upholster like a Mexican can. You know, speaking of uh, upholstery and Mexicans... I uh, was in was in the house in Baja circa 2007-ish. I had just moved I down there. I love Baja. I was, I'm always having a was, Baja blast every time I'm in uh, Baja. 
It's fa- it's Think fantastic. About Baja. Taco, Taco Bell can't Bell do it justice. Let you know is that you can have a blast, a Baja blast anywhere, as long as you don't consign it to just the idea of a sugary corporate soda that's being pushed by the government. Yeah, you know, surprisingly about Baja is, uh, you know, I named, I was, uh, I, I helped name Baja California before I went down there, uh, you know, in the late 90s uh, to have my uh, winter home, you know, for my arthritis and my hip replacement. Uh, it was called Quetzalcoatl, which is a, uh, you know, a, a Mexican snake god. And, uh, you know, I, I invented the Baja taco down there. And I saw some of my workers that I was paying a livable wage to uh, catching fish off the coast in the in the rocks next to my property to make lunch, as they do. Very resourceful people, the Mexicans. And um, they had these uh, fish that they didn't want to eat. And, you know, being an American as I am, uh, I, I had told them about my time in Vietnam that when we would catch monkeys out of the trees, they didn't taste very good uh, until one of our uh, black staff sergeants suggested we fry it. And I had some extra cabbage and radish laying around, and uh, we fried up that fish. And, uh, you know, we, I said, well, why not call it the Baja Taco? You know, um, I'm, I, I, think it's, I think it sounds right, you know. Uh, and they all agreed, and in honor of creating uh, arguably one of the best modern dishes in Mexico um, since, you know, the fajita in uh, old Tejas, um, they, they honored me by naming it Baja California. Speaking of Vietnam, back when I was in uh, Vietnam, I was the first white man to ever see two Oriental gentlemen engage in sexual intercourse without the involvement of a woman. And it really inspired in me a respect for both the Oriental people and the homosexual people. And I've tried to carry that forward, and I've tried to fight for rights for Orientals and for homosexuals while I was governor of Minnesota. That reminds me back, uh, speaking of uh, the Orientals and uh, uh, gay sex. Back in my wrestling days in, uh, in 1974, one time I threw a chair and it hit Ric Flair right in the side of his head. But instead of blood, instead what came out was a white, rocky, powdery substance. Uh, Randy Macho Man Savage picked it up and instinctively, almost intuitively, put it in his nose. Turns out that uh, Dolph Lundgren uh, had done some secret experiments in 1944 because he's actually a secret Nazi that was brought over by uh, Operation Paperclip. Uh, what happened was he replaced Ric Flair's blood with uh, crack cocaine, and when it aerosolized, it, 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 it you know it just completely destroyed. Uh, the inner cities of America from the 80s and 90s. I'm not sure if any of you knew that, but, you know, uh, the crack epidemic in America started with Ric Flair. So, yeah, you know, surprisingly, speaking of uh, my wrestling days, you know, back in WrestleMania 3 when I tried to unionize all the wrestlers after that rat snake bastard Hulk Hogan ratted me out to the future Mexican telenovela uh, Abuelita heartthrob Vince McMahon, uh, many years later in the mid 2000s, when his daughter started her music career, uh, she called me for assistance, uh, cause I have connections in the music industry through my time, uh, bouncing for the Rolling Stones and everyone after I blew out my knee, uh, you know, I moonlighted, uh, and bouncing for the, for the stones and, and the who and whatnot. And so she knew I had these connections. Uh, and so, you know, I had arranged a meeting with her. 
uh, and you know we we got uh, her her music career set up to have a big stage in an arena the next day, and I got my revenge uh, by by fucking his daughter sacrimoniously and power bombing her through a four post master bed, uh, and it ruined her music career as payback uh, because not only was her her legs not functioning anymore from the good dicking, but also her spine was shattered. That reminds me back in, uh, during, uh, Hurricane Katrina, I was down in New Orleans making beignets with Chris Benoit, and I realized... <laughs> you know, that reminds me, um, I was in South America in 1986 hunting Nazis in, uh, in Argentina with John Milius, and we were talking about movies that we would like to make, and I told him I had a great idea for a science fiction movie about what if there was a, a lady, but she was... I remember, I remember that movie. I remember I wrote uh, it down. It was about a, a lady and a tramp. Right, so what had happened was I had made a homeless two there's a story of a of a rich up upper class woman falling in love with a ne'er do well of sorts. And I remember the scene distinctly. I had wanted to cast Adrian Brody as the player of the of the female, the upper class female, and uh Mike Tyson as the the lower class, uh, you know, scallywag. And uh, I remember getting them down for a sit down where they enacted the scene with spaghetti and they kissed it in. And right as they were about to kiss, uh, a Disney executive, I believe Michael Eisner, walked in and said, we can't do this. It's, uh, it's a little too racy. So what they did was instead they sold the script and uh, turned it into uh, what we now know, the animated cartoon about two dogs, Lady and the Tramp. And uh, yeah. It was a great movie. I wish they would have gave it a chance. And speaking of uh, writing movies, there's this uh, there's writer's strike going on right now. And of course, I support the unions. I support the writers' union. Yeah, but uh, reminds me of this time that we were going to write the the time. Of course, uh, we were going to write about my escapades in the Gulf of Tonkin. Uh, back when I was in Vietnam after I came out of Bud's during my first tour, you know. Um, and, you know, they, they uh, little known fact that if Thomas Jefferson and George Washington were alive today, uh, the DEA would have them in federal prison for 12 years for growing uh, dank-ass skunk weed and selling it. They were massive, massive potheads. Um, when I was in the Gulf of Tonkin, uh, we flew up to Saigon, and they had uh, pot plants 17 feet high and big around as a Christmas tree. You know, it's a natural plant. Um, and speaking of the natural plants, I was up in Michigan with uh, Ted Nugent. Don't like his politics, but love the man. God bless rock and roll. Uh, and we were we were up there with uh, the macho man Randy Savage. May God rest his soul. And, uh, you know, uh, Ted wasn't partaking, of course. He's a, a straight-edge pussy, but... Uh, we were up there hunting the Bigfoot with compound bows, uh, and we were, uh, we were, me and Macho Man were, were passing around, uh, blunts of Durban poison, uh, with, uh, you know, la laced with fentanyl, uh, to get a little loose for the hunt, um, and actually, uh, uh, we were so cooked, and the Nuge was off on, uh, his own, his own little mystical adventure, I think he saw a white buffalo, uh, and went running after it, screaming about uh, 
you know, how he's the soul of Detroit. Um, and the, the Bigfoot actually smelled the skunk ass weed and uh, came out from around a tree. And we had a nice uh, a nice real night terror blunt rotation with uh with the bigfoot really cool guy i still keep in contact you know i'm i'm i want to be the only man that is buried that has uh didn't own a cell phone on his gravestone uh but you know um the bigfoot also doesn't own a cell phone but luckily for me he's not a man he's a cryptid but i'll tell you who does have a cell phone is the mothman you know i was over there in 1986 uh and uh i i saw the mothman on a cellular telephone talking to the Bilderbergs orchestrating that bridge that collapsed, uh, you know, in that one movie with, uh, uh, I, I can't remember who, but you, you remember the Mothman movie. Uh, and uh, yeah, the Mothman is in league with the Bilderbergs and uh, the Democrats to to uh, ruin infrastructure for the working people and fluoridate the water. Uh, so you stay asleep to the duopoly of the two-party system, you know. Well, one of the things they don't want you to know is they they push conspiracy theories like that the mafia did assassinate JFK. But I'll tell you who assassinated JFK was the moth man. They spread this information and they spread likely spread fluoride in the water in order to make you stupid and to distract you from the actual things that are going on in this country. Yeah, that reminds me of the time that I went to Morrowind, and I was actually the reborn uh, son of the savior at the time called the Neverine. And uh, while I was there, at first when I got there, there was uh, a bunch of houses, uh, which were the local magistrates of the area, and they wanted nothing to do with me. So I had to do a bunch of, like, tests of whatnot, tests of strength and feats of uh, will, and, and unite the many tribes of Morrowind together so that I could prove that I was, in fact, the Neverine. And then once I went to Blood Mountain and I saw Dagoth Ur, I realized that it was actually Macho Man Randy Savage. And I, I understood then in that moment that I... Randy Savage, no, it's all good. I couldn't, I realized I couldn't actually kill him because, you know, I served a blood oath with him back in 1971. It was actually a condition of our uh, win in WrestleMania 17. I realized that uh, if I actually killed him, Vince McMahon would drag my soul from the ever-present eternity lake that lays under Minnesota. And he would actually reincarnate me 100 billion times like the Kali Yuga. So I decided, you know, it's probably best if I just, uh, you know, save scummed this run. And uh, I just, I left, you know. Yeah. I had my dignity. Speaking of, of Blood Mountain, uh, I remember when I got up there, the Macho Man had told me, you know, um, he was like, oh, oh, yeah, brother, come through fire and war, Nerevar. Uh, and I remember telling him, I was like, Macho, uh, you know, you're you're an incredible athlete, second to none, but you wouldn't make it a week in Bud's training, okay? Uh, I In one of my incarnations, I went to the Gulf of Tonkin in Nam, and you would not have survived the six weeks in Bud's, okay, buddy? I was a Navy SEAL, yeah? Um, and, you know, while I couldn't kill him, I could get locked into a four-way cage match from hell with him um, and hit him with a chair repeatedly, um, you know, uh, in order to prevent him from completing the heart of a Kulikon. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of a 
you know, speaking of golf, my time in the Gulf of Tonkin, I've seen a lot of things, and, you know, the only way you can manage it sometimes is either cannabis, a natural drug, or I, I developed an addiction to night juice for a little while while I was over there seeing service. Now, night juice is a concoction comprised of a gin and a children's grape dimetap. It'll, it'll put you out, and you can kill while without being conscious of it, the government gives night juice to their uh, their their Navy SEALs, their special operative types, and then they come back to the United States without any kind of health care, without any kind of psychological care, and with this crippling night juice addiction, they just walk through life a violent mess, abandoned men, and if the founding fathers could see this, or Macho Man Randy Savage, God rest his soul, could see this, they'd be ashamed of the direction this country's taken. It reminds me, this, this is a, it's a key component into why I invented Big Juice to combat the crippling addiction and side effects of withdrawal from night juice. And so they're going to tell you that Big Juice is 25,000 calories, and they are correct. But the problem is, is that that is why it's called Big Juice. When you drink it, you do in fact become big. Uh, there are some reports of some people who have enough acid in their stomachs that reacts negatively with this and a proton ionizes on the inside of their lower colon. And what ends up happening is it forms a neutrino star in their in their in their bowels and they end up shitting it out. Uh, this is actually probably what caused counter earth to actually disappear from the night sky. Not many people know this, but up until 1971, you were capable of looking into the sky and seeing a mirror image of the Eiffel Tower. And this was well known to everyone. But see, what happened was the liberal media, in conjunction with the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, actually removed that from the school systems. And now we can't see the Eiffel Tower anymore. And they retro, it's called retro causality. What happens is they reach backwards in time and forwards in time, and you're unable to understand anything at all. So that's why you should watch The Predator in Chinese with Korean subtitles. It's the only way to understand any of this. Yeah. It reminds me of back in the 90s when I was visiting Warwick University in England. I was hanging out with a young philosophy professor, Nick Land, and he had a lot of interesting ideas, but I don't know if they made any hell or high water kind of sense to me. But I did turn this man on to, like, real American biker crank. You should see the, the crank that they've got over in England back then. It was absolute piss garbage, absolute baby town shit so i told him i said look brother you need to get on some good biker crank shit that's yellow yellow like the sun that gives superman or me their power you know speaking of powers uh when i was uh, a member of the hell's angels in the late 80s i had made my first trip down to what was then quexicado and would soon be baja california uh and i was down there you know getting uh getting some some uh furniture assessed for reupholstery and uh you know uh the president of Michoacan had heard that I was in the area and uh you know knew of knew of my history uh he had just seen the predator movie um and so uh he he gave me a rang you know on a payphone he knew I was going by at the time and uh, the predecessor to the Sinaloa cartel had sent uh, assassins on ATVs 
uh, that had ninja the training. Assassinos, I remember. Yeah, I to, remember. to take him out. Uh, and that's all-terrain vehicles, for those of you that aren't initiated uh, into, you know, acronyms. Uh, and so, you know, what I was doing at the time, I had learned from Ted Nugent after our hunting trip and uh, nightmare blunt rotation with Bigfoot that, um, you know, you could, uh, you could, I, w- I was catching the local rattlesnakes in Baja, California. What we were doing was, is I always, I always keep six gallons of, uh, of tree viper venom on me. Uh, at all times we encountered them in the, in the Southeast jungles of Asia, uh, incredibly deadly. And what I would do is I would taxidermy these, uh, rattlesnakes, uh, in, uh, into a straight line. And I would, I would pack an arrow into them and cut the fletching, you know, out of their tail. Uh, and then I would line their mouths with, uh, the pit viper venom. Uh, but I would also pack the, the rods of the, of the razor tipped arrows with, uh, C4 plastic explosive rigged to detonate. So, I uh, I hopped on a Black Hawk helicopter and headed down to to Michikan, uh, and you know I'm in I'm in this Black Hawk helicopter and I'm I'm shooting these arrows at the at the ATV assassins from the cartel, and um, you know if it if it hits the ATV I can remotely detonate the plastic explosive, uh, but you know of course if it hits if it hits where it's going which it it, it always almost always does, uh, you know the the pit viper venom. Uh, from the tree viper would would uh, would inevitably kill them almost instantly, sort of like the movie Bullet Train. Uh, anyways, when I was done, uh, the president of Michoacan took me out to the Yucatan Peninsula on the Gulf of Mexico, uh, and you know, um, there I I saw I saw a plesiosaur in the water, uh, and you know, um, you know that's when I knew dinosaurs were real and that the world I had lived in was a lie and I lost faith in America because the Democratic Party and the Bilderbergs wanted you to believe that the asteroids killed all of the dinosaurs. Uh, but I saw them there down on the Yucatan Peninsula. A UFO came and abducted the plesiosaur. And it could only be that the Bilderbergs and the Democrats are in uh, in cahoots, as it were, uh, to sell more petroleum-based plastic dinosaur toys to children. And it's really a farce. Uh, you know, with the insider trading so they can gain more money. Because when I was the governor of Michigan, I figured out that, uh, you know, you only gross, the governorship is about $130,000, but with all the fees they stick you with, you only make about 60K, you know, and Jesse the Body Ventura's got a kind of lifestyle that, uh, you know, 60K, I'm I'm drowning in, in fucking financial ruin in a year. Uh, so, you know, I, I was never corrupted, but I could understand why. And I want to spread that message to the people that dinosaurs are real. Um, and, you know, uh, that the president of Michoacan at the time in the 80s was a real sick cunt. Uh, you know, in the Australian sense, where he's a real, a real chill dude, as they say, you know, um, and, and that you should go down to the Yucatan Peninsula if you have a time after, after coming to Baja, California to play around a golf, to go see them for yourself, that the Loch Ness Monster is real. He's a plesiosaur. I remember being the first white man in the Yucatan Peninsula for over 5,000 years. I remember this because when they saw me, they noticed me instantly and called me Uchubuldu Quambo. I'm not quite sure what that means, 
but uh, a local ne'er-do-well said that it means white devil. So what I did was I uh, played up into it. I spiked my hair as high as possible, which at the time I had a beautiful set of hair. You wouldn't think it, but, you know, I was always bald, but I it was because I had to shave daily because I grew about three and a half feet of hair once per hour. So, you know, back in the 60s, the cocaine was much purer, and that was one of the side effects, which is why they had all those long-haired hippies in the streets. So what I had decided to do was play into these uh, white devil conspiracies, and I introduced the people to something called based racism. Uh, later on, I found out that they invented something called Twitter, and it be I guess the name Twitter comes from the uh, the local translation of the word based racism that I had taught them so I'm not quite sure where we stand I th I feel like I might have done a net negative for the world but then I remember the Arab Spring which I was heavily involved in because I actually am Arabic I'm from the peninsula of Arabia I'm actually one of uh, six caliphates actually I I have and in fact do enjoy the light of Allah uh, that's one of the reasons why I didn't get my 15th term in Minnesota was because I was in fact actually an imam and so you know as soon as I found that out the uh, Democrats and the Republicans conspired against me to uh, remove me from office because they were afraid that I was going to do something called the cool 9-11 I was at one of the secret meetings that they have secret parties that they have for the American governors and I was there uh, as the governor of Minnesota, I was talking to my friend Arnold Schwarzenegger about the time we were in the Yucatan Peninsula, which I flew to from Baja. And uh, while I was there, I, uh, I was the first white man to ever have sex with a non-white man. It was a incredibly taboo thing to do at the time, but I had to, you know, I had to prove myself as a man to these people because to them, that's what it took to, to be a man was to have sex with another man. If you couldn't have sex with another man, they would call you a series of slurs and epithets that are not. This is a family station I can't repeat right here. But my point is that when, when the U.S. government wants you to think that AIDS came from monkeys in Africa, but where AIDS actually really comes from is the Bilderberger Group, in alliance with the FedEx Corporation, are trying to figure out faster ways in order to spread things, and through viral, um, viral contagions was one of their attempts. They were hoping that they could find a way to put little tiny packages inside of the AIDS virus and transmit your mail through gay sex. Uh, this proved, uh, turned out not to work at all, and it was a disaster, and they've spent years trying to cover that up. And the liberal media will tell you the, these racist stories about Africa, when in fact it is the, the corporate overlord masters of, of this country. That reminds me of the time that I fought Ronald Reagan in WrestleMania 6. Back in 1991, uh, Ronald, Reagan <laughs> Ronald Reagan was already dead, but we had exhumed his dead body and brought him on the stage. And we decided that just for shits and giggles, Vince McMahon was going to wear his skin Buffalo Bill style. So Vince McMahon puts his skin on, and we realized pretty quickly that this was not going to work out because... Obviously, Vince McMahon is six foot eight, and Ronald Reagan is, uh, you know, 
five foot eleven. So we had to make some moderations, which what ended up happening is that the skin dried out a little too long. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with a wrestler. His name, he went by the name Mankind. But that, that wrestle mask was originally Ronald Reagan's face, or at least what's left of the attempt at trying to do that fight. I was damned to sing seeing Ra- uh, Vince McMahon wearing, Ronald Reagan trying to wear a Vince McMahon face. I haven't seen that much cunt in a, even in a lesbian porn. Yeah, and you know, surprisingly, um, another piece of wrestling lore is that uh, Socko from the same wrestler Mankind is actually um, Ronald Reagan's foreskin, you know, because uh, the reason he married Nancy, as you know, is she was considered uh, an immaculate dick sucker, uh, you know, just absolutely. The yeah, some people yeah, remember her yeah, as. yeah, the throat goat, you know, the, the glizzy gladiator, if you will, Um and so, you know, Ronald Reagan, you know, uh, living piece of human garbage he was, the only redeeming thing you can say about him is he had a fucking massive hog. Uh, and so, you know, I we swear let, to God, that thing was like 11 inches soft. It was wild. It was to insane see. to see. It was a 15 inch hard penis. It was, uh, you know, no one had ever seen it. So we, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was it was like the neck of a plesiosaurus. Uh, so we gave mankind his dick skin as well. And that's what Socko is, which is why um, all the wrestlers just absolutely detest uh, having it in their mouth. And it's not because they don't like penis in their mouth, as you know, most wrestlers are uh, enthusiasts of gay sex. But it's because um, they have to lick lick the foreskin from under cheese of the duopoly of the, uh, you know, of the power struggle of trickle-down economics that's ruined our country uh, and seen racism towards the fine Mexican people. You know, they're... Um, they're artists, if you will, when they work. You know, the reason you can't keep up with them in the fields is uh, they've, it's not even perfected to a science. They're like the Claude Monet of picking oranges, you know what I mean? The, the Vincent Van Gogh of concrete work. Uh, you know, absolute artisans in their trade. And the wrestlers just can't stand to have that kind of trickle-down bullshit in their mouth. You know, if they had my foreskin in their mouth, uh, they would be elated at having, you know, an, an independent cock and balls sliding in and out of their throat. Uh, but, yeah, they can't they can't stand it, which is what Mankind's shtick was uh, and why he won so speaking many matches. Of, speaking of uh, big giant cocks, in uh, 1974, I realized that we're actually out of time for the show, so I think that's about it for today. Uh, anyways, I appreciate all the listens. Uh, you can follow the old Mexican man that used to host this show. Very fine guy. Very uh, good man. You can follow him at Show on Twitter.com. You can also go to uh, Terminal underscore Ligma on Twitter.com and follow uh, another, the other host of this show or former host of this show. Uh, you can follow the other uh, host or I guess I would like to say, yeah, that's a host. Someone... Uh, it, I forget how to say your your name. It's Bruja oh, de Hamon. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, the the other the other co-host and frequent collaborator is Bruja de Hamon. You know, it's Spanish for hamwich, but uh, I also think it translates to some kind of uh, you know pork chop warlock, pork if you will. Demon. Yeah, yes, yeah. Bruja de Hamon. You know, yeah, yeah. 
you can also give uh, this podcast a dollar. You can take away money from the duopoly of the two-party system in America by giving the podcast, this podcast, one dollar and or more at forward slash patreon.com slash the homie collective by giving us one dollar a month you say i've had enough of this duopoly and you can really stick it to the man you know uh, any hell any parting thoughts hell give them give them 10 you know you're in the richest country in the world uh and you know you can contribute more than that to the police for uh you know raping our poor innocent Black folks in Oklahoma, which I just learned about at the age of 69, um, you can afford to give this wonderful, wonderful Latino production, uh, you know, $10 and try to match me when I give the concrete workers $27 an hour a living wage. So, you know, pull yourself up. Down in Baja. Yeah, and and, and figure it out and stop being a leech and giving in to the, the American duopoly of power, which is really the same system. It's more of a monopoly uh, so how about you support your local Mexican-Americans, Chicano-Americans, if you will, a proud people with a $10 Patreon donation a month, uh, and then maybe you won't get drafted into the cyber wars to come. The Lemurian Time Wars. We didn't get a chance to get into that, but that will be coming yeah, up. Don't think the about the time episode. cube, you know.